Hey everyone, this is Dave DeBow with another episode of the Property Profits Real Estate Podcast. Today, zooming in, I believe, from California. Is that correct? That's correct. Southern California. Southern California. Can't beat that. Nice to have you here, Ali Boone. How are you doing today? I'm doing so good. I'm so glad to be here. Thanks for having me. My pleasure. So Ali is a a very, very accomplished (laughs) real estate entrepreneur, a very sharp cookie as well. In fact, she's got a background aerospace engineering for crying out loud. I can barely pronounce that. <laughs> it sounds like rocket science to me, but something to do with building airplanes if I'm not if I'm not mistaken. And, and if it uh, makes you feel better, one of the first classes I ever took in that school, I couldn't pronounce the name of the class. It's like, oh, this is a good start. <laughs> it sounds like you had a better GPA than I did, Ali. I, I think you probably had to. Anyhow, she's also a very accomplished real estate entrepreneur and an author and and does all sorts of cool things. And and what we're going to be talking about today a lot, I hope, is how Ali has created a fantastic lifestyle thanks to real estate investing. So Ali, why don't you tell us, first of all, let's jump right into the meat of it. What does your, you know, we're kind of coming through this COVID thing right now as we're recording this, but what does your real estate lifestyle look like now? Oh, you know, my lifestyle, no day is the same. I've had people ask like, oh, what's your morning routine? What do you do? I'm like, I don't know. So I would say it's a little bit twofold to my real estate lifestyle by itself, like just with my properties and all my investments. I've always aimed for more passive income. I try and be as hands-off as possible. I do landlord a property close to me, but even still, it's a nice property. I try not to be there all that often. And then most of my properties are out of state. So the real estate stuff by itself, I'm pretty hands-off. I mean, it's, I have property managers, you know, I've had to hire and fire property managers. So I have to kind of check in. This morning, I had an email about a mystery repair. I was like, since when did the door fall off the hinges? Like, nobody told me about that one. But that's about it. And then, you know, my normal day to day is I ended up starting a business, obviously, with real estate investing. And so my day to day, I'm constantly talking to people. I work primarily with turnkey rental properties. I also do real estate coaching. So it's really just kind of interacting with everybody and trying to help people either get into turnkeys or navigate turnkeys or general coaching, you know, whatever. So that's really my more my full-time gig. But I like to make that distinction just to kind of say like, you know, my, my big thing is I didn't want a second job as an investor. So I'm an investor, but I'm also an entrepreneur. And those are, you know, pretty different time segments of my life. Yeah, no, it makes sense. So how did you make the transition or how did you figure out that real estate was for you? How did that whole thing happen for you, Alan? I didn't mean to find that out. I didn't even know that was going to be a thing. What started it was the minute I got into corporate. I mean, I, I went to all that schooling for engineering, eight, nine years, however long it was. I, I landed the dream job. I walked in my cubicle for the first time and I was like, oh, this is terrible. <laughs> like, I hadn't even sat down in my chair yet. And so my ended up in real estate kind of accidentally because I was just trying to find my way out of corporate. That's all I cared about. I did not want to work for someone. I didn't want to wake up early. I didn't want to wear business casual clothes. And so I just started exploring every possible option on how to do that. And I kind of whittled it down to, it seemed like I was either going to have to start a business or do something in real estate. Those seem to be like the two things that get people out of a nine to five. I had actually decided to start a business. I didn't even know what to start. And next thing I knew, a real estate investing opportunity landed in my inbox. I watched the webinar about it and 
I started investing because I thought, well, you know, I do still have a W-2. I still have a paycheck every Friday. Let me do something smart with my money while I figure my way out of this. And doing that, one thing led to another. The people I started meeting, you know, kind of networking started all over. And next thing I knew, I had started investing for myself, but then I started writing about it on the internet, didn't think anything of it. Bigger Pockets reached out and said, hey, we're looking for writers. So then I suddenly I'm a Bigger Pockets writer doing all of this in addition to my corporate job. And that's what eventually led to it becoming a full-time thing because I was talking to so many people. Just, I didn't know it was coming, to be honest. (laughs) I had no idea, but you know, once a, I mean, look, if the shoe fits and it, it seemed to be the right size. So. Perfect. So why don't you walk us through, like you're working as an engineer, you're working full-time, you start investing in properties. What kind of deals were you focusing on to to start with? And what are you focusing on these days? So the very first deal, that thing that landed in my inbox was completely unrelated to anything I ended up really doing. I did pursue that opportunity. It was a pre-construction deal in Nicaragua, because obviously you should invest in a third world country as your first investment attempt. I I lived in one for 10 years. (laughs) There you go. Which one? Costa Rica. uh, Oh, so you know all about Nicaragua. Oh. I knew we'd get along. So it was through that I started meeting everyone. And a lot of the people that were involved in this project were also involved at the time in turnkey rental properties. And this was 2011. So, I mean, we're right in the middle of the crash. Everything's on sale. Turnkeys were really making a name for themselves. And I really wasn't thinking much of it because I was having so much fun in Nicaragua. But one of the big markets that ended up coming up was Atlanta. And so the guys who were doing turnkeys said, hey, we know you're from Atlanta. I moved to California from there. And they said, just, you know, in case you're interested. And I was like, obviously I'm interested. So I accidentally kind of went to see my first turnkey rental property. And that's what, I mean, I was hooked. It was like, I was like, bring them. (laughs) Do I? Is that what you're talking about? Yeah. So at the time it was single family homes. There were duplex, sometimes three triplexes and fourplexes available. But the thing about turnkeys that really grabbed me is I had been looking into real estate for a little while. Like I, I knew it was a possibility of how I'd would have to get out of corporate, you know, the thought of swinging hammers, flipping all of the active strategies. It wasn't that I was opposed to doing them. I was like, well, if that's what I have to do, I I mean, I can figure it out, but it it just wasn't, I wasn't looking to leave one job for another. And turnkeys are so, they're about as hands-off as you can get, not completely hands-off, but it's much more passive. So when those were presented, I was like, that fits that's great. Like I, yeah, I have a W2. I can get a mortgage still. Let me buy as many of these things as I could, because at that time in the middle of the crash, everything was so cheap and the rents were just crazy. I mean, these things were just like massive deals. So I bought up as many as I could. I brought on an investor partner. I mean, I was just, I went to town. I couldn't stop. As soon as I'd get one, I'm like, another one. I'm like shopping. I'm like, I want, I want that one. So what that led to was that's a lot of what I started writing about on bigger pockets because a lot of people, you know, the turnkey turnkeys have been around forever, but people were just really hearing about them. Those, I mean, they really kind of got their boom during the crash. And all people were hearing me say is like, wait a minute, you're investing in real estate, but you're not flipping your what do you do? Like, how are you doing this? And so when I was telling everyone about it, everyone started buying and 
that's really what caused the organic move into starting my business is I was helping people find good, solid turnkey providers to buy from. And really, I mean, what I've been doing is helping people through the buying process. Cause once you buy one, it's a pretty straightforward process. But prior to that, know what you don't know, kind of like, right. what should I be doing? What should well, I be that, looking you know, for? That brings up a good point, Ellie. So, mm-hmm. you know, if somebody is, well, first of all, if they're not familiar with what a turnkey property is, mm-hmm. basically, correct me if I'm wrong, you're buying a property that's ready to go. It's already yep. renovated. It's, it's maybe not brand spanking new, but it's freshly yep. updated. And quite often it's actually got tenants already in place. It might yep. be management already in places. Is that what you're talking about? Yeah, that's exactly. And really the term turnkey refers to the condition of a property. Like you could buy a turnkey property next door to you. It's ready to go. Tenants are in, you know, you may have managers. When a lot of people talk about turnkey properties and myself included, we're talking about buying those properties in that condition from turnkey providers. So there's actual companies. I mean, they're kind of glorified flippers. They're doing this in bulk and selling them to investors, but they're the ones going out and finding the distressed inventory. They're rehabbing the properties. They're placing tenants and they have property managers on standby to manage the property once you buy it. So typically when people are talking about turnkeys, they're probably talking about working through the turnkey providers. Yeah. So I've heard great things about turnkeys. I've heard nightmares about turnkeys. Me too. <laughs> <laughs> They're probably all true. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So with your experience, because you've done a lot of it, what would you suggest are some red flags to be careful of when you're considering a, a turnkey provider? What, what are some mm-hmm. things that, to watch out for? You know, I would change the question because, you know, we can we can give red flags, we can give whatever, but ultimately none of those things matter. And this is where I went wrong when I started. I wish I had done this better when I started, but I, I didn't know what I didn't know, is learning how to do proper due diligence. Because what I try and explain to people is like, yes, ultimately, which provider you work through is going to give you different experiences. Like some may offer a great experience, some may be terrible, you know, whatever. But at the end of the day, and this is really just a technical statement, who sells you the property doesn't matter. All of your due diligence, it needs to be on the property because you could have the worst human being on the planet sell you a phenomenal property. Typically, they go hand in hand, you know, a terrible turnkey provider is probably going to sell you a terrible property, but the person in the equation doesn't matter. And so when you learn how to do the due diligence, like proper levels of it, and it takes some practice, I've made mistakes with it, then you almost don't have to worry about the red flags. But in all fairness, because most of us don't know how to do that good a level of due diligence, you know, one of the first things is really just talk to other people and see who they're having good experiences with. And if you find providers that, you know, there might be one or two reviews where there's a negative review of them, but I've been on both sides of the coin and I, there are one-off situations, there are problem investors you know there's there's so much behind the curtain so you can't really go off one or two reviews up on the internet that's hard to get down that's for sure yeah yeah exactly and you know and i i want people to give you know report negative experiences but quite often they don't share both sides of the story if you will it's hard to find reviews of turnkey providers i started a turnkey's facebook group for this exact reason so more people can be talking and turnkey providers aren't allowed in it because i want people to feel you know they can openly share what works what doesn't you know all that kind of stuff so you know it's as far as the red flags go it seems like there should be an easier answer to that but it's hard you know i've been doing this for over a decade and quite often i'll run into a new 
turnkey provider. I haven't, I don't know. And I'll ask some people who are smarter than I am on this. I'm like, hey, what do you think about these guys? And they'll point things out that even I wouldn't have thought of. So it's a little bit hard because I don't know if I could give a good list of that, but regardless well, of all those. This? How about a, a modified question then? So without going into too much in depth, what, what would you say is the the number one mistake we make when we're looking at a turnkey property when it comes to doing the due diligence? Where Because again, most people aren't super up to speed on, yeah. on doing due diligence. This could be in a different state, could be in a different country from where the person is. A lot of our yep. listeners are Canadian. They might be you know, the property price is a lot more reasonable in most places yep. in the States. So what would you, if you could give one good tip about due diligence, what would it be? And I understand there's a lot more to it than just. Oh, that. one good tip. Oh, sure. Have someone with more experience tell you the list of things to check on. Okay. <laughs> you know, and I'll say like the biggest horror stories, and I don't want to take away from anyone's negative experiences, but the biggest horror stories that I've ever heard with turnkeys, it comes down to the buyer not doing due diligence. Because if they had done, if they had verified everything, whether it's the numbers, the condition of the property, I heard a horror story one time that someone closed on a property that had burnt down three days beforehand, wow. you know, like I'd, verifying all of that stuff, every horror story I've heard has been a lack, you know, the buyers weren't checking on things. And I, I don't want to put all the blame on them, of course, that's why I hesitate to say it. But I mean, work with someone who's been through the buying process and learn what to check on and what things they missed. I, I learned due diligence by missing things quite often. Yeah. Very good. So Allie, you've got a very cool sounding book, not your how-to guide, real estate investing, life lessons on hacking your mind before you hack your wallet. Why don't you tell us a little bit about that and, and how people oh, get a copy of that? It's my baby. I love it. I've been working on it for a while, but you know, the biggest thing I've seen, so I, I do work primarily with turnkeys, but what that's allowed me to do is I work with a lot of brand new investors and being a presence on bigger pockets. Also, I have people talking to me all the time. So I hear what are the frustrations? What are the challenges? What, you know, what's messing people up? What's going on? So what's really important to me funny coming from an engineer is mindset. You know, you can have every how-to guide in the world handed to you, but if your mindset's off, there's no, I say there's no how-to guide in the world that's going to help you. And I think that's what gets so many people in trouble because you Google how to be a real estate investor. And it's like, oh, here's how you wholesale. Here's how you flip. And you should definitely do these things. And, you know, it's my whole thought was what I, I feel like people miss. And I was one of them is taking that step backwards and understanding a little bit more about the industry, about how to find your own way. Like, you know, looking at, I mean, it seems basic, but looking at your own strengths and interest, you know, not everyone should wholesale. Wholesaling may work great for a lot of people, might not for you. And so really taking that step back and kind of painting a bigger picture. And then I guess, spoiler alert, there's one how-to guide in there. It's the six steps that I actually took to get out of corporate, which I use in real estate also to really kind of accomplish whatever it is you want. Also too, one of the cool parts is I interviewed five very successful investors in various different strategies because I wanted to paint a day in the life of, because you can watch HGTV and be like, I want to flip houses. Okay. Well, what does that actually take? So that's the whole motivation behind the book is to give you that kind of prerequisite to the how-to guides, if you will, take that step back, slow down just for a second, get your bearings. So then that way you are set up to make better decisions as you get going, just hopefully lessen your chances of things not going right. Sounds good. So 
if people want to get a copy of the book, what should they do? I may have set up a link for your folks to get a free copy of the book. So my company's name is Hipster Investments. If you go to Hipster Investments, uh, Property Profits, so slash Property Profits, I set up a link where you can get a free digital copy of the book. If you're like me and you have to hold a book, there's a link to the Amazon page also, but on there's my contact information, but yeah, go get a free copy. I'd love for you guys to check it out. If you think it'd be helpful for friends and family, please share it. You know, yeah, I'm excited. I'm excited about it. And I try to make it a little bit fun because I feel like real estate investing books tend to forget about personality and like relatability and fun. So I try to throw a little personality in there too. I'm sure you did a good job of it. All right. <laughs> Holly, thank you very much. This has been a lot of fun. I really appreciate it. Thanks so much for having me on. My pleasure. All right, everybody take care and we'll see you on the next episode. Bye-bye. Well, hey there. Thanks for tuning into the Property Profits Podcast. If you like this episode, that's great. Please go ahead and subscribe on iTunes. Give us a good review. That'd be awesome. I appreciate that. And if you're looking to attract investors and raise capital for your deals, then I'm going to invite you to get a complimentary copy of my newest book, right back there. There it is. The Money Partner Formula. You can get a PDF version at InvestorAttractionBook.com. Again, InvestorAttractionBook.com. Take care.